0: Oh, that way y'all can get home and watch the second half or whatever, whatever half it is, I don't even know, huh? well, some of you can. Well, let's jump right in as we continue this series, but we've got a couple more weeks of what we've been talking about, and then we're going to move in to the the latter section of this, but understanding who we are, what it means to be in His image. And it starts with an understanding of who God is and who I am in relationship with Him and understanding what it means that who my enemy is. When it says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against every principality and power and spiritual force in the high places, we have to understand that. In fact, if you've been there on Wednesday night, we've been, as we started teaching through the book of Job, you kind of got an understanding of that because you've got to go in deeper. The superficial Christianity is affecting our theology because we don't know how to dig into the Word. And it's so crucial that we have a proper foundation that we can see what's actually there. The scriptures have been whitewashed. And what have they been whitewashed is we try to make them not weird. We try to not make them like too far out there talking about giants and angels and babies and all of this other stuff. But the Bible is weird. It's weird because of what we don't have a supernatural worldview. It wouldn't be weird if we were in a pantheon of gods and they were just, we had the big G God above all of them and stuff and we see these supernatural things all around us and there are parts of the world that see that but you and I have been so what would I what's the word I want to use here um we have downplayed the supernatural the point that it's just things that happen in movies but it's commonplace and other parts of the world. And when we start to understand who I am, who God is, and who my enemy is, we realize that Satan's goal isn't to get you to sin for sin's sake, it's to get you on a downward trajectory away from a relationship with God. Because when somebody is in a true, strong relationship with God, in other words, they're aware of the presence of God at all times, they live their life to the fullest for Him, they are a threat to the enemy's world. Most of America is not a threat. Because we just live our lives. We are consumed by natural things that we enjoy. We're carnal in nature. He's trying to get us to go this way. That is what He does. In Isaiah 59, 2, it says, Your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden His face from you, and so that He will not hear you. We see that Adam was drawn away from God. Israel, drawn away from God. Jesus, he attempted to draw away from God. Why do you think there are false prophets, false apostles, false teachers? What do you think they are? They go in there to draw people away from God. These are people with intentionality who know they are not teaching the ways of God. We're seeing it all around us today. The woke idea, the the concept of of deconstruction we're deconstructing god's ideas and implanting man's idea where do you think that stuff comes from it all comes from the same source it is elevating man to a position of which god should be that is what the enemy is attempting to do. We see the exact same thing mentioned in the parable of the four soils. How the temptation, the cares of this world, the riches, the pleasures of life keep you from producing fruit. It may not keep you from heaven, but it will keep you from producing fruit. And when you are a born again believer on this earth, you have one goal. Produce fruit. Living your life now in the presence of God. For him, because there will come a day when we will all, every day, every moment, in the spirit, when we're dead, whatever happens whether we die or the rapture, whatever you want to call it. When we're standing in the presence of God and we're going to look back and be like, why did I spend so much time? Why did I spend so much effort? Why did I not go every single day and live my life to the fullest for God? You're going to have loved ones in your family that won't be there with you. You're going to have friends that won't be there with you. You're going to have co-workers that won't be there with you. And you're going to ask yourself, why did I not tell them? But now we're so busy, we don't have time, and that's exactly what the enemy wants. He can keep us. Producing no fruit. It's exactly what we saw with Balaam and all the false teachers and all of these. were It was temptation by Satan to get you off track from serving God. That was really what it came down to. It's happening today. It happens in every single church in America. It's happening right now. There are people who are just going through the motions. They're just existing. And they have God up over here, but they don't really want Him controlling their life. So they employ him when it's convenient. It's, it's the, the, you'll see it all the time, like, oh, please pray for Aunt Susie or please pray for this situation, things like that. You see it on social media, but you look at the life of somebody. They're not living their life for God. They want God to be their fairy godmother. They want to click their heels together and get three wishes or however that worked, I don't remember. I mean, that's, that's the reality. That's how we treat God. But if he was standing here physically, you think that's how we would act? You think if God was standing up here on that stage when we're worshiping, do you think there ain't a person in this world that wouldn't be bowed down before him? Of course they would, but we act like he's not in the room. You see, that's what the enemy does. He's he's drawing our hearts away. We're so distracted with so many things, and we see what the enemy's using and what he's doing throughout the entirety of Scripture. We've been focused more so on The negative supernatural, if you will. We see this in Leviticus 19. It says, give no regard to mediums or familiar spirits. Do not seek after them to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. He's giving a clear indication. Don't go to mediums. It says, give no regard. Doesn't just simply mean to disregard them. It says, that literally means, do not go to them. Do not talk to them. Have nothing to do with them. Familiar spirits, don't seek after them. You'll be defiled by them. So that means there was something that they were doing that could defile them. It wasn't just... What we treat it, when we drive by that palm reader's place, you know, if there's some down in Kansas City, I'm sure there's some up in Omaha, you see them down in Branson, I mean, you see them everywhere you go, and we just kind of laugh it off or whatever, or the horoscopes that are in the paper, or whatever, we kind of laugh it off, but God is giving a clear uh, indicator here, hey, have nothing to do with them, this is not good. In Leviticus chapter 20 verse 1 it says the Lord spoke to Moses saying again you shall uh, say to the children of Israel whoever of the children of Israel or of the strangers who dwell in Israel who gives any of his descendants to Moloch he shall surely be put to death the people of the land shall stone him with stones I will set my face against that man will cut him off from the people because he has given some of his descendants to Moloch to defile my sanctuary and profane my holy name and if the people of the land should in any way hide their eyes from the man when he gives some of his descendants to Moloch and they do not kill him then I will set my face against the man and against his family and I will cut him off from his people and all who prostitute themselves with him to commit harlotry with Moloch and the person who turns to mediums and familiar spirits to prostitute, prostitute himself with them I will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people do you think god means business here i showed you guys these images of moloch but i mean you really got to wrap your head around this like this is stuff that was actually happening they were sacrificing their own children to moloch to other gods it wasn't just moloch i mean there were several of them that were happening they would take their children they would sacrifice them in the name of god they were doing things to these false idols these false gods these were real things Because they were trying to serve them. What did God tell the Israelites? You have nothing to do with that or the people who were doing it. In fact, it doesn't just say. It says, whoever of the children of Israel or the strangers who dwell. The strangers are non-Israelites who are dwelling in the land. If they're doing it, you have nothing to do with it. And if you see it, what are they supposed to do? Stone them. Why is that? Doesn't that seem a little harsh? Where's the compassion and the mercy and the love? There's a judgment on not just Israel. But those in the land, that means it was across the board, don't have anything to do with it. Now, do we have people that are sacrificing children in America today? You want to say no, I'm going to tell you the answer is yes. Obviously, abortion is one thing. That goes without saying. They, they want to treat it as a medical treatment. It is not a medical treatment. I know you all are smart enough not to fall for that. But it goes beyond that. It goes deeper than that. And I'm going to share that with you next week. But I want you to understand, this stuff still happens. But what about you and I? Obviously, we're against that. We wouldn't do that. But do we flirt with the things of the enemy? Do we allow this type of stuff to come into our house? Do we allow this stuff to influence it? In various ways, the answer is yes, because we don't recognize the signs. Now, in Deuteronomy 18, it says this, verse 9, When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. Now, what do you think that means? Whatever they're doing, an abomination, harsh word, you will not learn to follow them. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, a soothsayer, one who interprets omens, a sorcerer, one who conjures spells, a medium or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. These nations which you will dispossess, listen to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed you to such. These are people who contact the supernatural realm and we have always pushed this as a fringe group in the corner and it's just kind of weird i'm telling you it's mainstream it is becoming more and more blatant in our society today than it ever has been in america but other parts of the world, it is commonplace. I told you guys, I shared this story last week about how uh, when, when Chad Gonzalez was over in Kenya, he was talking to former witch doctors. He talked to current witch doctors also. But he talked to current uh, witch doctors who are now born-again pastors and did not understand how the church in America has allowed the occult to dictate so much of their life. And the reason is we are not used to seeing it or calling it out. Now let me tell you the difference here. I thought about this for a long time, and something dawned on me a couple of weeks ago, is that in other parts of the world, those societies have been around for millennia. America's been around a couple hundred years. It's very young. When America was founded, it was founded by people who were escaping the uh, government-run church, and they were looking for religious freedom, and that is why they came. And when they got here, they established things based on God's principles. Don't believe the lies that you hear out there that these were pe- pagan people that they were deists. That's nonsense. You know how you find out? You go back and read their writings. Those things are available. You can see in our foundation and our laws and the governance that we have, is all established based on biblical principles because if you look at the debates as they were organizing things, they are clearly laying out because Scripture says this, we need to do that. So you can understand that. It has made America unique to about any other nation in the world including Israel, and the reason it's unique to Israel, who is God's chosen people, is because when they went into the land, that was an established land with pagan things that were going on, and they were supposed to drive those things out, and as you've seen, they didn't do it. They did some, but they didn't do it all. So America is unique because it was founded on godly principles, and its government was based off of godly principles. And as a result of that, for many, many years, this stuff has been suppressed. In other words, it's not so obvious. It's not in our face. It's always been here. But it's not been so obvious and in our face. And now, as our society becomes more and more secular, getting away from its foundations, it is becoming more and more mainstream. But because you and I are not used to seeing it or even looking for it, we don't know what to look for. That's the difference. One of the unique things that I have just because of what I was doing when I was young is I was very much into the occult, is I recognized some of the symbols. I recognized some of the signs. I recognized some of the practices because I was looking for that kind of stuff. And you, you hear these guys that come out of this, and they can tell you all about the different things that they experienced. They were experiencing a power in the supernatural that the church in America could only wish for. They were just doing it for the enemy. But what happens if we start to flip that on its head? What happens if we start to recognize the signs? We start to eliminate that stuff and we start really chasing after God. What happens then? Be interesting. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, it's, it talks about verse 12, but what I do, I also continue to do that I may cut off the opportunity for those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we. Are in the things of which they boast. For such are false po- pro- apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And for no wonder, Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. It's talking about false apostles, deceitful workers, and what do they do? They are transforming themselves. They are pretending to be something that they are not. And as I've showed you guys the last several weeks. I showed you guys first and foremost the music industry as you begin to see it i barely scratched the surface on that showing you that these things are way 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 more involved in that than what you'd ever hope to realize and yes sometimes it's a little bit of a kick in the gut when you find out somebody that you've always liked or a musician you like or maybe currently like and you're like oh i didn't know they were into such things do you think that affects their music do you think that affects? Their worldview, of course it does. No different than having a biblical worldview affects everything that you do. It's infiltrated into it. A good born-again believer is trying to bring glory to God in everything they do, including writing songs or including doing movies or things like that. Well, what do you think happens on the antithesis of that? The exact same thing. They're gaining followers. They're looking for opportunities to influence people in the supernatural. These things are real. I also showed you guys last week, kind of in the movie industry, some of the things that are out there. Again, barely scratching the surface. We could spend months on this, guys. And I don't want to do that at all. I'm trying to just get you to recognize it so you're at least aware of your surroundings. So your antenna goes up and you begin to see like, hmm, maybe this isn't appropriate. Maybe this isn't something I want in my house. And those people who are into the occult We are now elevating to positions of power because we like their music or we like their movies, and those people influence our children. Well, if they start finding out the things that they are into that made them what they are, what do you think your kid's going to want? It's going to be the same thing. That's why we have to be so careful of what we do. But I want to show you something a little different today. I'm just trying to kind of take a segment at a time, okay? So we looked at the music industry, kind of looked at the uh, movie industry, industry, the entertainment whole. What about government? I know. you <laughs> like, they're all pagan. And you're probably right. But what I want to show you guys today is just a little bit of the ideas the things that are out there so that you can see them. Okay? Things that have happened around. It's not just, I know as soon as I said government, everybody thinks Congress and the Senate and the President and all that stuff. I'm not even just talking about that. In fact, I'm hardly going to talk about that. I'm talking about things that are being elevated and promoted in government-type entities around us and things that are happening mainstream and have, have even happened in our backyard that you may not even be aware of. Okay? So I want to show you guys this one first. This is something that happened back in the 80s. Okay, You see that? My mother surrendered me to Satan. Now, you may or may not have heard about this. This is a writing that came from a Canadian psychiatrist. So I know, that's weird, right? Canadians. (sighs) But a guy's name was Lawrence Pazdar, and he published a a writing called Michelle Remembers. And what happens is he put her into hypnosis. And during hypnosis, she claimed that she had these memories of her parents being in a satanic cult and that she witnessed sacrifices of infants. She was subjected to incredible torture Abuse and even demon possession. These are things that she said under hypnosis. And I'm not telling you that, you know, hypnotism and all that other stuff, we're not even going to go there. But what I'm saying here is that this is the claim that was being made. Now, this got everybody's attention, at least initially. It kind of brought things up to the forefront, and, and people were just hearing about that. There's something called satanic ritual abuse. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you haven't. But it's just what it says. It's people who are abused through satanic rituals. Now you may think that that's just crazy because what she's claiming is her parents were putting her through this. Now what good parent would ever do that? Well, what about the ones who were sacrificing their families to Moloch? So you think it sounds impossible. How could you ever, ever do that to your own child? Well... You ever have a toddler that doesn't want to go to bed at night? You Start thinking about it. I mean, the thing is, is she was like so in it. She's repressing these memories, and so suddenly these start coming to the forefront. The next one in 1983 it was the McMartin family. They owned a preschool in California, and there was an accusation made by parents that they were molesting children that were under their care. There was 115 accounts of child abuse, 321 accounts of of what was abuse called satanic in nature, and what the claim was is these uh, abusers would dress up as ministers, they would dress up as Santa Claus or maybe the Easter Bunny, and it would help cover up their abuse because when the kids would tell the story, it was like, well, Santa Claus hurt me, and you just dismiss it. That was part of it. They claimed that there was hidden tunnels under the preschool and that some of the abusers uh, possess the power of flight now that all sounds crazy but let's just think biblically for a moment there's something called astral projection where one's spirit can leave its body, don't ask me how that works but these guys that have done this claim it, we're told to avoid all of that, we see an example with Philip, after he baptized the eunuch, he comes up and what happened? He disappeared ended up in another place, how did that happen? I don't know I don't claim to understand all of this. I'm just telling you what's being claimed here. Now, everything that I read to you today is not necessarily true. These were claims that were made. Also, there are people that will try to rebut all of this. I'm just showing you what is out there just so you're aware. Okay? So there was something, an organization started called Believe the Children. And the whole idea is they were trying to put it out there so people knew about satanic ritual abuse that was happening all across the United States. And it was particular in, like, preschools and daycares and things like that or facilities such as that, okay? So then if we go to the next one, I'm just going to kind of tell him to help him out here. But this is 1988. Anybody uh, recognize that guy? Geraldo. Never forget the mustache. But he had a primetime special called Devil Worship Exposing Satan's Underground. And he and a few other guys talked about Pete Rowland, who was from Carl Junction, Missouri. So he was charged with two of his friends about murdering a classmate, and allegedly it was satanic in nature of what was going on. There was a film that they put out. There were thousands of children that were being sacrificed to satanic cults. Um, They said that this stemmed from heavy metal music and marijuana were in part responsible for the teenagers being involved with this. And it was the highest rated documentary on TV that they had at the time. But this stuff was coming to the forefront. Do we still hear about things like this? Of course. Now, was heavy metal music the culprit on this? Was marijuana? I don't know. The question is: Now that you know that music, what some of these musicians are into, is it at least possible that that satanic nature influenced those kids? It's at least possible. We can't completely dismiss it. So we have to at least consider it. What happens when you when you are uh, smoking marijuana? Well, your mind is opened up, right? So what can happen in that? I don't know. There's a reason that the Bible talks about avoiding all of this stuff. It's called pharmakia in the Greek. It's stuff that we avoid. Okay? So if you go to the next one, this is 1989. This is from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Yep. So I'll make sure we're on the same page. But, they're, uh, they're printing different things that were going on here. There's a whole two-part expose about a growing satanic threat that was going on primarily in uh, the St. Louis area was really the focus of all of this. Um, there's In the articles, it talked about devil-worshippers performing over 50,000 human sacrifices a year nationwide. Now, not everybody believes that, but, you know, could be. So it goes on, if you go to the next part about these different symbols. Now, this is crude in its nature, but there are some that you guys will obviously recognize. Uh, This is the head of Baphomet. This is the goat's head. If you look at it, you've seen the pentagram, which you'll see it again here later. But it's the upside-down star. These are the five points, one, two, three, four, five. If that was a star and not the head, that's what's going on, or that's what that represents. Upside-down cross, kind of obvious, you know. That one's not a big deal. The peace symbol is what throws everybody off. Most people don't recognize that. You see it on T-shirts and stuff. It's not as prevalent as today as it once was, but they put that up there. But it is literally an upside-down broken cross. Talking about peace. Who was big in that? It was the hippie movement. What was the hippie movement full of? Drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Okay, 666 goes without saying. The swastika doesn't take a lot to convince you about that. Okay, it was actually originally a Native American symbol. And then the seal of Solomon, okay, they've taken this. Now, the seal of Solomon is what we see on the flag of Israel. Okay, that was never, that's not a biblical thing. It was the Star of David. Don't get hung up on that, okay. Who knows who had it first? I have no idea. But the thing is, is there's nothing biblical about the star of david, okay, just so you know. It's just a symbol that they've adopted. Whether it is pagan in origin when they started it, who knows. We have no idea, okay? These are just a few, but these are what they were putting out there. And so there was hints of this stuff going around. Now, they never found a lot of these bodies and they had an explanation for that because, you know, 50,000 people being killed is a lot. It's a lot, okay? Where are the bodies? Well, if you know anything about the sacrificial system, it would be completely consumed they would mutilate the bodies they would completely drain the blood and many times they would be burned they burnt sacrifice they would be consumed in its entirety There'd be nothing but ash left the other aspect of it is and this is the gross part is they would consume part of it it still goes on today okay i'm not just talking about it man i'm talking about other parts of the world they will consume the sacrifice being animal or be it uh, a human okay But going to the next part, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch again. There was 10 police jurisdiction um, from all over the place. They're investigating activities that believed to be occult-related. The St. Louis Police Department said that they had 30 locations. They believed satanic activity was going on. The head of the Missouri Highway Patrol Missing Person Unit was interviewed during all of these different things, and they said there was a lot of things that were potentially satanic going on. Now, None of these guys were necessarily experts, but they were experts in dealing with people and seeing the different stuff that took place. Now, I know this is weird, but this is what's going on. This is at home. This is why I chose this one. So, if you go to the next slide, you have another article here, and therapists and psychiatrists and social workers described in very, very gross detail the depravity against children that was a part of this mass ritual abuse that was going on. They would torture them, they would molest them, and they would force cannibalism upon them. They would take place in these tunnels that claimed to be underneath the city, and there would be hundreds of devil worshippers that were in attendance. Kind of weird. Now, if you go on to the next part there, not everyone, of course, believe this. A lot of skeptics out there. We, too, tend to re- disregard it. And just because it's being claimed does not make it true, okay? So you guys understand that. But if you go on to the next one, this, there's a uh, house representative. Her name was Kay Steinmetz. I, I forget I'm not sure how you pronounce that exactly, but she kind of brought some legislation to the forefront talking about these different things. She talked about in 1990 General Assembly, she says if one of the states, uh, Missouri, was one of three states in the nation where child sexual abuse by religious cults is most prevalent. And as I said... They would dress them up, and, and the claims were as, as Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny or whatever, and they would say things that Santa Claus hurt me. And so as part of what she was doing, she wanted to be one of the first states to get rid of this or to pass a bill. And so she did, and it was to uh, make it outlawed or stuff, any of these types of rituals and things like that that were going on. I mean, it's, it's gross. Now, there are people that tell you this thing was, it was called the uh, Satanic Panic and of the 80s and the early 90s, and that they were people just blown way out of proportion, and they were getting people into an uproar for no reason and all of that. And here's the reality. Is that possible? Yes. Is it as prevalent or as widespread as it was being claimed? We'll never know. But there's usually something to it. It usually starts with something simple. Maybe it was smaller than that. We don't know. It could be very much worse than that. But what I'm telling you is this thing is very, very real. This is stuff that was going on from the very early phases. And why does it happen? Well, when you start to get away from biblical foundations, having a biblical worldview, people are chasing after supernatural, they will find supernatural. They will find something. You'll find something. I want to show you this. This is the old deluder Satan law of 1647. Okay? Not her. That poor woman. Not that. This just shows you guys some of that. We're a little bit behind. So, yeah, those are some of the ritual ceremonies. These are the things that are in the laws. This is it right here, okay? The old deluder law, the Satan law of 1640 I'm going to read it to you because it's written in old English, but it says, it being one chief project of that old deluder, Satan, to keep men from the knowledge of the scripture as in former times, keeping them in an unknown tongue. So, in the, these later times, by persuading from the use of tongues that so at least three are the true sense and meaning of the original might be clouded by false glosses of saint seeming deceivers and that learning may not be buried in the graves of our forefathers in church and commonwealth the lord assisting our endeavors it is therefore ordered by this court and authority thereof so let me break that down Basically, the Scriptures cannot be read in the, by the average person. Only the forefathers could. So they were making it illegal to not have them re- readable in a language to the masses so that they could read them for themselves. That's what it was. The true sense of the meaning of the original might be clouded by false glosses of Satan, saint-seeming deceivers. In other words, false apostles false teachers they seem like they're teaching a good thing but because you have no way of checking it out for yourself you're going to fall for it that's the principle here we go that every township in this jurisdiction after the lord hath increased them to the number of 50 households shall then forthwith appoint one within their town to teach all such children as shall resort to him to write and read whose wages shall be paid either by the parents or masters of such children, or by inha- by the inhabitants in general, by way of supply, as the major part of those, or the order of prudentials of the town shall appoint, provided that those who uh, which send their children be not oppressed by paying much more than they can have them taught for in towns. It is further ordered that where any town shall increase to a number of 100 families or households, they shall set up a grammar school, the masters thereof being able to instruct youth Uh, as far as they might be fitted for the university. And if any town neglect the performance thereof above one year, then every town shall pay five pounds per annum to the next such school till they shall perform this order. So they're being pretty serious about this. As the town grows, they are forced to teach them, and they have to teach the Bible. That's the key. This is from 1647. It's the Laws of and Liberties of Massachusetts. This is reprinted by Harvard University. So in America, what was the most important thing? Teaching these biblical foundations and having the Bible in a language that you could read so that you would not be deceived by what's going on. That was the rules for their school. Well, let me show you this. Go ahead. Hey, kids, let's have fun at our after-school Satan Club. This is one of many that was out there. This one, comes to no shock, was in California. But they've been all over. Illinois had them. I think Missouri's had them. Nebraska's had them. They're popping up everywhere. Well, look what it says. The Satanic Temple is a non-theistic religion that views Satan as a literary figure, literary, not literally literary figure representing a metaphorical construct of rejecting tyranny and championing the human mind and spirit. After-school Satan Club does not attempt to convert children to any religious ideology. Instead, the Satanic Temple supports children thinking for themselves. All after-school Satan Clubs are based on activities centered around TST's seven fundamental tenets and uh, emphasize a scientific, rationalist, non-superstitious worldview. Now, if you were to break that down into simplistic terms, not so wordy, because I promise you, every this was junior high, okay? And junior high kids were surely going to read all of this. But what it's talking about is a non-supernatural worldview. We don't believe in a literary figure of Satan, but he was more uh, of a, a one that's going against tyranny, going against oppression, going against those types of things we want you to be free to live your life how you want do, I, do you remember what I told you the tenets of the satanic Bible written by Alistair Crowley was do what thou wilt is the whole of the law does that not sound what's going on here Of course it does we want them to be free from all religion now why would any school allow this to come in now from a school's vantage point that if you're gonna have a Christian club they don't really have a lot of say they have to open it up to whoever and that is true the question is, is why do they want to come in? Why are they wanting to start these? I will show you guys next week how something similar to this influenced a former high wizard of the satanic church, okay? Who was just your average Joe kid, okay? But regardless, it's there. They're popping up all over the country. You saw stuff down in Oklahoma. There was a statue of Baphomet that was uh, being put up. There's just stuff happening everywhere. So don't think that this isn't mainstream. It is. Now, I want to show you this video. Now, this is during COVID that this was going on. It has to do with the uh, making every uh, military personnel take the COVID vaccine. Now, you can have your opinion on this. This isn't a political statement. What I want to show you is some of the things that he uncovered that were in the presentation being made that doesn't make a lot of sense. And it has to make you ask the question why. Okay, go ahead.
1: 56 servicemen killed themselves. So military suicide is not an- actual crisis that the Pentagon might want to address. Lloyd Austin might want to look into that. But no, that would get the Democratic Party nothing. The point of mandatory vaccination is to identify the sincere Christians in the ranks, the free thinkers, the men with high testosterone levels, and anyone else who does not love Joe Biden and make them leave immediately. It's a takeover of the U.S. military. Here's how they're doing it. This show has just obtained a PowerPoint that the army is using to justify mandatory vaccines to the troops. This is an actual slide from it on your screen. You will notice there the sympathetic portrayal of Satanism. How many children were sacrificed to Satan because of the vaccine? The slide reads apparently sarcastically. Then the presentation proceeds to list the so-called tenets of Satanism, which are taken straight from the Temple of Satanism website. So here you have the United States Army doing PR for Satanism. The rest of the presentation is less shocking than that, but it's utterly shoddy and dishonest. For example, it falsely claims that only three people have died from taking the COVID vaccine. Reports collected by the Biden administration itself indicate that number is actually in the thousands. So we called the army about this today, and they conceded the PowerPoint you just saw is absolutely real. Troops saw it, but it was somehow not approved by army leadership. They did not explain how that works or what they're going to do about it. We do know the vaccine mandate is taking a terrible toll on the U.S. military and on this country's ability to defend itself at a very volatile time in the world. Already, three members of the CIA paramilitary teams that first entered Afghanistan after 9-11, remember them? They got there before the military. Three members of that team have been suspended for not getting vaccinated. They're being told to await disciplinary proceedings. Meanwhile, an Army officer, Lieutenant Colonel Paul Douglas Haig, Just announced that he's resigning from the military rather than take medicine that he does not want or need.
0: So now, forget the COVID aspect of it. Why would those be in a presentation like that? I find that interesting. Don't you find that a little bit interesting? I mean, that's the question you got to ask yourself. Why in the Army? And do you really think anything gets presented to the Army that's not approved somewhere by somebody? I just don't buy that for a second. But again, what I'm showing you guys is this stuff is, like, out there. It's coming to the forefront. It's becoming more and more mainstream, and it's going to continue to do so. Well, let me show you this. There was an a, uh, Alaskan—I um, think we got this here. Hail Satan, opening prayer at Alaska government meeting, prompts, walkouts, protest. They had a contest of some sort. Who allows somebody who won to give a um, prayer to open up the proceedings? In fact, many city council meeting stuff will still have a prayer. You'll see that sometimes I have a Muslim or they've had um, atheist prayers. I, I don't, I don't understand how that works. But, but what I want to show you is this is the person that's giving the prayer. So she gets up to a they, she prays to Satan, literally prays to Satan. But look at her. Now is that what you envision when you think Satanist? No, of course not. What does she look like? School librarian? Right? Something along those lines? See, we've got it in our mind, it's so fringe. But this is just kind of your average person. Her name is Iris Fontana. So this stuff is out there. This stuff is real. This is what's going on. Now, I want to show you this video. This is from Bill Clinton. Now, before everybody starts laughing, has nothing to do with Bill Clinton per se, okay? I know it seems too obvious. But he was giving a speech, and he said something that I found interesting about his wife. And again, I know, I don't need the jokes. I've thought of them all, okay? But go ahead and show this video.
2: And a special thanks to the members of the Roosevelt family who are here, and the one who is not, Eleanor who made sure that the Four Freedoms were included in the preamble of to the quick. Universal Declaration of Human Rights.
0: We're having a technical error that only I know how to fix, so we're going to make it awkward here for a moment. You, now you can think of all the Hillary Clinton jokes that you'd like. Yeah. My bad.
2: And a special thanks to the members of the And a special thanks to the members of the Roosevelt family who are here, and to one who is not, Eleanor, who made sure that the Four Freedoms were included in the preamble to the Universal Declaration of Human Rights in 1948. I know that because, as all of you famously learned when I served as president, my wife now the secretary of state was known to commune with Eleanor on a regular basis and so she called me last night on her way home from Peru to remind me to say that Eleanor had talked to her and reminded her that I should say that
0: now that doesn't sound like anything except Eleanor Roosevelt died in the 60s now what did he just claim his wife was doing talking to the dead. Now you notice how nonchalant, he said, do you hear everybody laughing? They're laughing like it's a joke. But if you look at the context of the speech, it doesn't seem to be a joke because he just moves on. What do you do with that? Now this was the president and his wife. And again, there's plenty of material here. There's lots of jokes that could be made right now. But I'm just showing you guys, like he just kind of said it in passing, like it was no big deal. What does scripture say? Can you talk to the dead? Should you is the question. And it says, no, you avoid that, okay? Now, here's another one. This came out again. This is in California, but a man running for Senate, the state Senate. He's an atheist, he's a Satanist, and he wants your vote. Satanist for Senate, that was his marker. Steve Hill is his name. Running for California Senate. He was looking to get people to vote for him. He was an out-and-out out Satanist, part of the Satanic Temple. I have no idea if he won or not. I don't even remember. But I remember seeing this back in 2016 and thinking, boy, they're getting more and more blazing, like not even think about it. It's not a big deal. Now, I'm going to go into this next part here, and I want to show you guys some things here. I got two more things I want to show you. I'm going to show you guys a video that's a little bit more graphic, just so you're aware, um, but I want you to see it, Okay? because I think it's important that you see it. So I've got, there's two videos in here I'm going to show you. But just understand, there is some blood, but not people being cut or anything like that, okay? It's art, all right? But this first one I'm going to show you is a guy that you may or may not have heard. His name is Tony Podesta. You guys familiar with him? Okay. If you don't know who he is, you probably have heard of his brother, John. John Podesta. Now, John Podesta He's been in politics for pretty much all of his career. He was the White House Chief of Staff for Bill Clinton. Um, He was a counselor to Barack Obama. He was the campaign manager for uh, Hillary Clinton. And it was during this time that some interesting things came out. He's currently on the chair, or he's a chairman of the Center for American Progress. Um, Progressing is not really the goal there. But what happened was, if you guys remember back during this time, this 2000. 15, 16 range, somewhere in that range, there was an email leak that took place. A, a, an organization called WikiLeaks had got in and hacked emails of several people, including Hillary Clinton and things like that. And this is one of the emails here that was sent. It's from Mariana Abramovich. It says, Dear Tony, I am so looking forward to the spirit-cooking dinner at my place. Do you think you will be able to let me know if your brother is joining All My Love Marina. Okay, no big deal. Now, I'll say this, and this was what drove me crazy during the election, because we just have to be able to think. See, the part of the problem is our society no longer is taught how to think. Our schools teach how to learn. We don't teach how to think. And so we don't have these abilities to break down things that are said. So there was thousands and thousands of emails that were hacked and that were put in the forefront. And then when they would ask Hillary about that, her response was, well, those were illegally taken. And, you know, it was Russia and et cetera, et cetera. But never once talked about the content. And most people are like, oh, yeah, they shouldn't have gotten those. Well, you can argue that they shouldn't have gotten them all day. But what's in them is what's important. She never once responded to any of that, as no politician ever would, right? It's what they do. So this spirit cooking is interesting, if, if you see, because she's obviously emailing, this is tw- June 28, 2015, emailing Tony. He said, hey, I'm looking forward to the spirit cooking, but it doesn't tell us what that is. And says, hey, will you let me know if your brother's coming? Well, who's your brother? Well, if you go to the next one, this is the email that he forwarded. Are you in NYC Thursday, July 9th? Mariana wants you to come to dinner. Who is that to? That says John Podesta if you can't read it. Campaign manager, all of that. Well, who is Mariana Abramovich? Why does she matter? And what is spirit cooking? Well, here's a picture of her. She doesn't look like anything much. I mean, a little, little scary, but not, not that bad. Like, could be, could be worse. But this next picture might help you open your eyes a little bit. Now, she claims to be a performance artist, Okay? But what she does with these rituals, and spirit cooking refers to this, is actually a sacrament in the religion known as Thelema, okay? It was founded by none other than Aleister Crowley, and it involves all of these different occult things that are going on. It includes menstrual blood, breast milk, urine, sperm, and they create a painting with it. And so I got, there's videos out there of these things that were captured back in the 90s, showing this, and remember, this is art. That's what they're claiming. Okay, But I'm going to show you just a couple of clips from this. I shortened this down. Um, there's blood being used to paint. That's what's going on. So it's a little, a little grotesque, but that's as bad as it gets. But, but go ahead with the first one. referencing back
2: Go
0: ahead and do the next one too. ready for lunch. Tell with that, it looks like a mummified child.
2: Hello? Sorry. Check the No, not
0: That's just a small sampling of it. So this is what they were referencing. You saw the word spirit cooking up there. Here's a couple of the things. It says, with a sharp knife cut deeply into the middle finger of your left hand, eat the pain. This is all drawn out in blood, a mixture of blood and breast milk and other things. Go on to the next one. You see the child down there in the bottom. Uh, Mix fresh breast milk with fresh sperm milk. Drink on earthquake nights. Go on to the next one. Fresh morning urine sprinkle over nightmare dreams. I mean, this is weird, y'all. And This is what she emailed Tony, who forwarded to John, and these are people that are very high up, involved in a political way. What would they be doing? How do you think that influences their ideas? Now, you notice she kept referencing back to the book, which is interesting. She claims she's a performance artist, and, and essentially that she's creating sculptures and paintings and things like that. Well, if you know anything about rituals that are done in any Um, religious setting satanic or other there are certain steps that have to be followed you have to get them all right or they don't work and or count that is likely why she's going through that book this comes right out of Aleister Crowley's writings so she's not a great person go ahead and go to the next one this is something that came out in 2016 this is at an event that she put on you can see a person or that may be a fake person I don't know but you see who tweeted it, it's perfectly normal that this woman is close friends with Hillary campaign leaders. There are several of these things that are out there. Now, that's, it doesn't take a genius to realize, okay, there's something satanic about this, right? What on earth is she doing influencing? We'll go to the next one. I hope I put these in here. Nope, I didn't. Ah, I meant to. My bad. If you didn't see, but the Ukrainian president, Zelensky, I think is his name, has now just hired this woman. Yep, to come over and help them set the schools back up in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And I had the headlines. I must have forgot to put them in, so that's on me. Now, why would you hire her? What does she know about setting up schools? Nothing. What does she know about Supernatural? Quite a bit. These are people in our government, including this next guy, since, you know, I forgot something, but we'll put this guy. Dr. Dimitri Deskalkis. I'm not sure how you say that, Okay. Um, he's currently the acting director of the National Center of Immunization and Respiratory Disease. Uh, he's part of the CDC, essentially. And um, you may not recognize him there. You might recognize him from the next picture. That may look a little more familiar. Here he is giving a presentation. He was the uh, monkeypox pox czar. You guys remember when they were trying to get everybody to get afraid of monkeypox? It was during the COVID stuff. There was a lot of things. Remember they brought out the murder hornets and... Like, they were trying to keep America in fear, and they brought out monkeypox. Now, if you don't know what monkeypox is, it's a disease that you get one way. Homosexual sex. That's it. It's the only way it spreads. Okay? So, he was brought in as the forefront of this expert in this disease because he's part of the CDC, which is fine. I mean, I'm not sure why you'd pick that disease to be the expert of. I'd find something a little more fun and mainstream if it were me. But whatever. That doesn't mean anything until you start digging into who this guy is a little bit. And if you look at this, go ahead into the next photo. This is him, okay? Now, this doesn't tell us anything. I don't know why people post pictures like this, but they do. But if you look very closely right here, you'll notice that this is the five-pointed star I was telling you about earlier. He's got it tattooed on his chest. I can't read exactly what that says, so I'm not going to, you know, try to come up with something. I think it says there's light even in darkness, but I can't say that for sure. But he uh, has several social media posts. In fact, he's he owns a uh, uh, an exercise place. If you go go to the next photo there, this is put it out. It says we'll steal your soul. This is from the New York Times. Health Goth when darkness and gym rats meet. Now again, notice what's on his shirt. Okay, so there's a lot going on here. If you look in the background, you can see more of it. Yep, but this is where it is go ahead yep this is a cycling place now you'll see symbols like this i can't tell you exactly what that is but usually when you'll see some sort of a disfiguration of a cross is normal for something satanic can't say this. it's called monster cycle um you go in there the article in the new york times said that you walk toward the graffiti wall you turn left at the 11 foot pentagram which is what his tattoo was you pass the polished gimp suit He said watch your head there is a leather harness bicycle suspended from the ceiling and descend the steps into the basement. And so there are several things that are going on here. Go ahead to the next one. This is Monster Cycle. This is the name of it. 31 days to Halloween, our biggest sale of the year. 12 to 6 p.m. online, six rides for $66.66. Okay, so it's Halloween. Maybe they're just cashing in on marketing. It's possible, right? Possible. But go to the next one. October 1st, Satan is waiting, today only, 12 to 6. Buy online today, six rides for 66 66 Unlimited purchase and no expiration, only 31 days until Monster's favorite holiday. And we're so excited to share some spooky theme rides with you all month long. Satan, Satan is waiting, hashtag Halloween, hashtag 666. So this is his business putting this stuff out. Again, this could just be clever marketing. You know, you go to the people that you're attracting, you market, whatever, it's possible. Let's go to the next one these are some things that he put out on his own personal page. This is from 2012 now you'll notice an illuminated cross which you can't see here very well but do you see the star the pentagram the candles lit this is part of a seance this is part of something that they were doing go to the next one here they are using a white Ouija board with something that looks like an illuminated cross go to the next one that's it oh that's all of them okay alright those just give you guys a few examples of that now Um, It depicts all of these different things that are going on. But why was this man chosen to represent them? Do you think that his worldview affects his work? Do you think his worldview affects his politics? Do you think his worldview affects it? Of course it does. What I'm showing you guys, and again, if we wanted to talk about Satanism in government, we could do it for several weeks. It's just to give you guys an idea. This stuff is out there. It's very real. It's very prevalent. And it's becoming more mainstream than ever. We have to be on guard. We have to know what's out there because we are inviting this stuff into our homes, And some of this stuff is even coming into the churches in America right now. Some of the ideas of the occult and different things are becoming more and more prevalent in church services across the country. And most people don't even realize what they're messing with. And that's the thing. We're to avoid all of this. There's a reason for that. So I know this is a little bit different. I'm just trying to get you guys to see this stuff um, because it's everywhere. And what my hope is is that now that you start to recognize it, you'll see that when you hear this new song and you start listening to the lyrics, like, why did they say that? Why is that album art like that? Why is that uh, actor doing this or whatever? Because you're essentially inviting this stuff into your home. And we just need to be wiser than that because we're not ignorant of the enemy's devices. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is true, Lord. We thank you that you are opening our eyes to the world around us. Not that we should be in fear of it, Lord, but that we can reign in it. That we walk in the fullness of the power of the Spirit and there is nothing that the enemy can do to come against us that can take away or change who we are, Lord, because it is all about you. And so, Lord, I just pray that we have open doors of opportunities to share your love and compassion with those around us and that we'll walk through them and live every day to the fullest for you, that you would be glorified in every aspect of our lives. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. God bless you all. See you Wednesday.